0: Mix Vixen, the podcast, and I'm your host, Queen. Mix Vixen is your destination for lit, womanist perspectives on pop culture, politics, media, and other incisive conversations, usually stolen from us from the mainstream to profit off of. Yup, Mix Vixen isn't here to be polite or play around. We know Black women, Black femmes, and Black folks impacted by misogynoir are the standard. And not the exception with our magazine, our RRL workshop series, podcast, and our YouTube channel. We will do more than just celebrate ourselves. We will always and forever turn the fuck up. Hey you, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you here if you're a newbie or throw black listener. Thank you. You know, for chilling with me. If you're listening on the day that this episode drops, happy Valentine's Day. And if you're listening later, you know, happy belated Valentine's Day too. As you can tell by the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about love today. If you listen to episode 18, happy new year or whatever, you may remember that I'm currently reading the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. And I have had the book downloaded on my phone for about two years (laughs) and I've been slowly reading it my attention span is not what it used to be I used to be a heavy reader and read really fast but that's not the case anymore so I've been slowly slowly reading this book since the summer and although I'm not finished it I did want to share some of the things that are being revealed to me as I read this book so far like it's really hitting right now and I'm really enjoying the information that I'm getting from this book So we're going to talk about that and then we're going to throw away the notion of self-love because it needs to be thrown in the trash and then dip into some self-acceptance. But before we do all of that, let's get into the community care segment. This is the segment right off the community something. Uh, y'all my community so I'm gonna give y'all something so I share whatever has given me joy something that has taught me something or something that just made me feel at peace I offer that to the community on every episode of the podcast I shouldn't keep all of that stuff to myself so I make sure to pass it along to y'all staying in the theme of love this week my offering to you guys is a video from a YouTube essayist named FD Signifier And I recently actually noticed him on YouTube for a really long time, but I saw a cis black man and I was (laughs) like, how about no, how about no, then one day I finally clicked the video and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't harmful. Okay, I'm not harmed by watching this and then I subscribed. It actually it took me a while to subscribe and then I finally subscribed and like I'm all locked in. But anyway, the particular video that I want to offer you guys is one that he recently did titled Death to Black Love. And I like I said, I hardly listen to Sisman's opinions on anything because why? <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to be honest, I'm actually trying to be a little better at that. I'm trying to work on my compassion and shit, you know, that's for me and my therapist. But yeah, so usually, you know, bullshit comes out of their mouth. So it's hard, but I'm trying and I'm working, you know, life is about work and I am doing the work. So, anyway, back to the video, "Deaf to Black Love. So, what he's talking about in this video, I'm actually going to read his copy because he did a really good job describing it in his copy for this video. So, black love, air quotes, as a concept has been around for decades as an aesthetic that black people... Look at me, I was about to go in my hotel voice. I can't avoid that when I'm like reading anything, assist me in rights. Okay, okay, I'm gonna get it together. Rewind, rewind. Black love, air quotes, as a concept has been around for decades as an aesthetic that black people aspire to when seeking out romantic relationships. However, when you sit back and examine a concept of how we imagine black love, you realize that the black part of it doesn't mean a whole lot. In fact, a lot of how we look at and define black love seems to be directly connected to an image of love that's completely pulled from frameworks that were never met for black people. In this video, FD examines the dangers and problems of accepting this framework uncritically and talks to various black couples about their experience with love, as well as shows like HBO's Love Life and Insecure and a numerous pop culture happenings with an intended goal of killing our concept of black love goals. I really enjoyed this video. Um, I've already been having conversation on my other podcast, Tea with Keenan and J, about how there's no need for this whole Black Love TM, this whole branding of Black Love and what it is, what it's going to be. I don't really know when it started. Maybe when it started, it was for a reason. You know, it's, it's obviously attached to respectability and heteronormable stuff and trying to show the white gays that you know we, you know, we do love. We're not just sexual beasts who run around. You know, like whatever. So I'm sure it's stuff connected to that. But we're not gonna go into all of that but yeah check out the video i have the link to that in the show notes it's a really good video video. it's long it's about 50 minutes but it's good and it's thorough and it's not from a just from a straight or cis gaze he talks to many different kinds of couples and it's done with care it's just good check it out and that is this week's community care segment (laughs) So if you've been listening to the Miss Vixen podcast you could probably remember that in one of the episodes I mentioned that I'm slowly reading this book my attention span is shot so I don't read as much and as fast as I used to yeah you know don't judge me boo but I've been slowly reading this book and it's just so many gems in this book and they have been hitting hard I'm not a person who really goes into like love in this way but I appreciate the way Bell Hooks is doing it so far. Like I said, I haven't finished the book, so that's what I'm saying, so far. So although I'm not finished, I did want to share some of the things that I've learned so far, especially because it just goes with the theme of love or whatever, because it's Valentine's Day. And I just thought that I would share three things that I have learned or have been revealed to me or like reiterated in ways that are really hidden right now from Bell Hooks' book, All About Love. First thing that I'm sharing that comes from this book is love is an action word and we need to practice it as such to improve our relationships. So love is everywhere. It's literally in everything. Every piece of media somehow touches love. And you would think that because love is everywhere and ingrained in kind of every piece of our entertainment, that we will be better at it. But unfortunately, we're all still trash. Most of us struggle with many aspects of love, and here is why. Most of us associate love with like affection or a feeling. We think about how we feel about people when we think about things with love. When we think about loving someone, when we think about being in love, air quotes, we are thinking about how we feel and not actually thinking about how we care and how we go about care. And because of that, that's why we're all pretty much trash when it comes to love, because we're just thinking about feelings. And we're not thinking about the care that we put into either romantic relationship, familiar relationship, friendships, our communities, all of those things require care. And that is what Actual love is because love is a verb, you know, it's not just a feeling, it's not just a you know, that tingly stuff that in media is always how love is described. It's always described as a feeling and not about how we care for each other. And because we focus so much on love being a feeling and not being about how we care, we use love as an excuse. For people's bad behavior and people's bad care of us, we emphasize the feeling of love so much that we overlook when we're being mistreated because it's love. And that's what we've been taught love is all of this time. Love is not pain, but we have been told that love is pain because love is all about the feeling and because of love, we will excuse maltreatment. So of course, pain should exist. And we should divorce that idea of love. Love is about how we care about people, how we care about our our communities. And if you care about your communities, you care about people, you care about your family, you do not treat them poorly. You do not abuse them. You do not treat them badly. So Bill Hooks, to write this book, she did lots of research and she did, you know, she does bring in stuff from other theologists and psychologists and ideas for formulating, you know, Um, her conclusions for this book. And they all kind of believe the same thing. They believe that love is consistently working to nourish spiritual growth inside of ourselves and others. So if you want to have better relationships, we're not just talking about romantic relationships, we're talking about friendships, we're talking about family relationships, we're talking about the relationships we have in our communities that we are in. See how you can care for others better instead of just how you feel love for them. The second thing that I have so far got from this book that I really enjoy is a culture that emphasizes materialism and dishonesty makes it difficult to practice the principles of love. What does that mean? I got y'all. I'm gonna let y'all know what that means. So there's a lot of deception involved and love. So I'm going to use something that's easy to understand. We're going to use like romantic love and online dating, right? So you post a picture online, you always post your best picture. Then you have to write a blurb about yourself. So you try to like put your best foot forward and do something eye catching. Well, Usually if you're a woman, cis men, just for trash. But that's neither here nor there, right? And you put a blurb or whatever, and then you let that work. But would you ever say on the blurb, or would you ever write on there that you're a liar? <laughs> like, you would never write that you're a liar. You would never, you know, or the, the not-so-great attributes about you, you would not put there. And there's a reason that you don't put that there. Because society pushes us to kind of like lie. This aspect of putting your best foot forward, showing your best self, you know, whatever. It is an exaggeration of ourselves. That is not who we are 100% of the time. And we are socialized to do that and kind of lie our way into relationships, friendships. We lie to our family. We lie to our communities so that they can believe in us and trust us. And that being a foundation for that just... Is just flawed. It's flawed. So, I'm gonna give an example from the book. This is a very cis head example, and there were a lot of cis heteronormative examples in the book, but this can be used in terms of, I think, any kind of romantic relationship. So, men generally, for example, men lie to maintain dominance in their romantic relationships, and it's often seen as a disadvantage for men to show feelings or take responsibility for for wrongdoings. They lose the dominance when they show feelings or when they take responsibility for wrongdoings, you know? So they rather just stay dishonest so that they can keep that dominance. And, uh, you know, women, you know, this is a very cis, I do this example, but women, we do these similar things as well. We do things to alter our looks so that we are appealing to men so that we can date them. I don't know why, but, you know, I date them. So (sighs) anyway, I'm I'm saying too much. I digress. I digress. And then we kind of mute ourselves. For lack of a better word, we'll dumb ourselves down. We'll do these things to be appeasing to them because we are socialized to believe that intelligent, independent women aren't who people want relationships with. I even experienced that when it comes to my relationships with women, same thing, where there's still this cis heteronormative idea of how we should exist in this relationship because I'm femme and this person is masculine. It's really like weird phenomenon, but you know, patriarchy, just be patriarchy, even in places where dicks don't exist. Well, no, dicks can definitely exist in, in women relationships, but you get what I mean. So because foundationally, this is how we start relationships with kind of like putting our best foot forward being our best selves and kind of with this, you know, kind of with a deceptive nature, it's hard for us to trust one another. We never really fully trust each other because we know when we first met this person, went into this community, went to, you know, whatever, we weren't really coming in being our full selves because we're not really allowed to be our full selves in that way. So we never fully trust people because we know that we, you know, didn't come into the situation Holistically and fully and honestly about who we are, you know, in that moment. None of us meet each other and are just fully like, "This is what it is." And when there's people like that, we're usually turned off by those people. And then also, like I said, the the emphasis on the materialism, our greed and our materialism is another thing that kind of bleeds into this. And I know that I am like this. Like we want the newest things and we want it immediately. And as soon as it does not satisfy. Your want, you discard it and you, dis- and you dispose of it. This is something that I do often with everyone friends, family, romantic relationships, as soon as it does not work for me, I will let it go. If something does not please me, I will move on to something new. And I am trying to work out of that. I'm, you know, I talk to my therapist about that a lot. I don't want to see any of my relationships as transactional. So as soon as I am not getting something or being fed, even using those nice cute words, being fed, you know, fulfilling this, this relationship is not fulfilling. Like all of this stuff, I'm still thinking about what I get out of it and I'm not actually thinking about the care that I should just have for someone because they are my friend, my family, my partner, and my community. I will discard. So I'm trying to work out of that. So when I saw this in the book, I was like, she is reading my ass, because yes. We should instead put the proper time and commitment into people we love. It's required. Time and commitment is required in relationships. Yeah. So I that's something I'm really, really working on being better with my commitment, the commitment that relationships require. Yes, that's what it is. That's what I'm trying to be better with. And the last piece that is really standing out for me in this book is your extended family, your extended friends, your community. They can provide connection that you may be missing in a broken, immediate family. So a lot of times the people ask you how much family members you have, you say how many siblings you have, your your parents, you know, maybe your grandparents, if that's who raised you, whoever is in your immediate, you know, bloodline DNA or not even DNA. Cause we have step parents and step siblings and things like that, that we are in family with play cousins, you know, we black, right? So you usually count those people, but you don't think about the extended family that you have in your life and you've created and you already limit The amount of love you can receive and you limit the amount of love that you can give. We don't generally think about our friends and our chosen people when we think of family. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we do that. We learn a lot from our immediate family, but you also learn a lot from your friends and your chosen community. Because what you learn from your family is not enough. You need more. We are humans and we are looking to be continuously nurtured. And that is what having a huge community does. There are others who do not have the luxury That And I would challenge those people to look into the community that you have. That is your family. There are lessons that you can learn from them about love, about care, about commitment, about successful relationships, about how to be more successful in relationships and have failure, you know. So tap into your community when it comes to love and care. You will learn so much from them and they will learn so much for you. Communities aren't one way. It's a reciprocal relationship. So you give and they give. It's a cycle of love, essentially. So to summarize... When you think about love, think about these things in a way that Bell Hooks taught us. It is not about the feeling. Let's stop lying and also let's stop focusing on the material gains or like transactional relationships and understand that family, the love that you get from family is endless because your community is your family. So you you can always be a part of loving relationships. Even if you don't have immediate family or if you have immediate family and you want to extend that and learn more and expand love in your life. So I do plan to have more conversation about this book as I get to the end of it or when I finish this book. I'll probably do something with, um, my patrons. So if you are not a patron, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mix Vixen yeah join a patreon if you want to continue this conversation it's time for some community building because my ass can't do any of this without it so make sure you hit the subscribe button or whatever platform you're currently listening to To us on Follow us on the social media We're on Instagram and Twitter Facebook and Tumblr The links to follow us are also in the show notes And here are some ways that you can help Mixed Vixen grow monetarily You can donate via Cash App Dollar Sign Mixed Vixen Mad Or Paypal paypal.me slash fixin or you can become a patreon member and get exclusive monthly perks like my guided affirmation meditations i have a private youtube channel there i do private articles and writings there so show me the money other ways to community build community building that won't cost you any money you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify or whatever apps you listen to us. Retweet articles when you see them on social media. Retweet podcast episodes when you see them on social media. Share all the McVixen things with your friends. I have direct links to all of that in the show notes. Now, back to the show. So realize I couldn't talk about love and just totally disregard the conversation of self-love. I am at a point in my life where I think that that whole concept is flawed and trash and I want to throw it away. So I wanted to talk about that today. So I was on a panel a few months ago on The Great Vine TV and we were talking about the colonization of black beauty standards. The conversation was a lot about plastic surgery, black women getting plastic surgery, how the black woman's body has been commodified and used by many white people in entertainment to push their career But in that process, black women and our bodies have just totally been discarded from it. You know, they desire our body type, but black women are still not desired. So if you want to check out that conversation, it was a really good conversation. I have it linked below. But one thing that happened in that conversation and which is actually pretty common in conversations about body image and self-esteem and all of that stuff is this concept of self-love. And we've all said it. I've said it. Love yourself. You got to love yourself. And... As I have grown, I have realized we keep throwing out this elusive concept to solve people's problems and we need to stop doing it because it does not work. And it actually, at this point, feels pretty toxic to hear. So I'm hearing it in this panel and I'm just, every time someone says it, like I'm not even fighting, like my ass would itch. No, I'm fighting. My ass was itching, but you forget, it was just like getting to me, right? So I finally raised my hand. Not finally. I was talking throughout the, the panel, but then I say this. It's a question and I don't know if anyone has the answer to it, but every time I have these conversations and people say, love yourself what is love like what is loving yourself like what is this thing that everyone keeps telling us to do for like what is it no one tells you what it is no one gives you the things the steps the the, the box of love that with, with the the toolkit like what is that we keep telling each other to love are yourself you, out you of pain are you saying it's kind of elusive yeah, like we keep telling each other to love ourselves out of pain, oppression, depression, all, all of the things, and it's like, but what the, what is, what is that? What am I supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. It's not tangible, mm-hmm. and I wish that we had a, a little bit more tangible solutions when it comes to um, conversations about beauty standards and plastic surgery and altering your image and things like that. And I think that is. That's the work I think that should be done. And and you know, I haven't done that work myself, because I'm still trying to figure out what the heck that even is. But how do we make a tangible solution or a tangible thing into the conversation that is helpful for people when we have these kinds of conversations? So I'm not against plastic surgery at all. I understand how I feel many women, femme people do things for survival, like femness does provide some kind of safety for women, um, especially trans women. And I understand that there are personal things you do to have a loving, caring relationship with yourself definitely. But I do rather have these conversations and focusing on how these systems of beauty are oppressive and how they bring us to the conclusions that we have to alter our bodies in that way. So I don't like when these conversations happen and everyone just is like bashing women and femmes for not opting out of these systems because it is hard to opt out of these systems of beauty. How could loving yourself be the solution for such a nuanced problem? What the fuck is love and more importantly like what is self-love? Like no one tells you what it is. No one can say what it is and because it is so elusive it makes it become something that no one can achieve and we could throw it all around and, it, and for me it starts to feel toxic because you are creating an unattainable goal or standard or an expectation or on people who have no control over beauty. I am still thinking about this, I am still figuring this out, but right now I land on not using self-love as a thing, as a response to these conversations. I think it makes more sense for us to shift the conversation and talk more about self-acceptance. Especially because as you know, I've just learned from reading the Bell Hooks books all about love, love is all about a failing. associate love with a feeling and we do not associate love with care and I think self-acceptance does give you more of a pathway for care and caring about yourself and caring about the care you receive versus this elusive idea of of love or this elusive idea of self-love rather. So what is self-love? Self-acceptance is defined as an individual's acceptance of of all of their attributes, positive or negative. It includes body acceptance, self-protection from negative criticism, and believing in one's capabilities for me that seems a lot more achievable and attainable i'm hoping that that lands on you the same way but i did do some research to look for some ways to practice self-acceptance all of this is a muscle we are all socialized in the same system of oppression, the same system that tells you if you're dark, if you're fat, if your nose is wide, if your hair is a certain way, if your body is a certain way, if your fat is not in the sexy places, that you are not beautiful. And because you are not beautiful or desirable, it's okay to harm you. You do not deserve care. And that's what this system of desirability does. It tells you who to care for and who not to care for, you know, and that's just, you know, a, a bigger conversation of oppression that I'm not really gonna get into right now. I wanna talk about what we can do on a personal level to, of course, we're not gonna dismantle the whole system, but, you know, it's good to try to dismantle those things within yourself. So since I wanted to be more solution-based with this, and I'm trying to be a lot more solution-based when I bring up issues that I see societally, I looked into some, I guess, tools for people to practice self-acceptance. We all live in this vacuum of the beauty standard, the oppression that comes with these beauty standards, and desirability. So I didn't want to just be like, you know, we're all messed up and just run away. So I did um, look into some ways to practice self-acceptance. So here's some ways that I think are best to start practicing self-acceptance. I got these tools from... What is this website? Kidshelpphone.ca. There's a list of 10 items. I'm only going to share three, three that stick out with me the most, but I'll have the link for this below so you can look into more ways to practice self-help and continue this journey for yourself. I think it's always best to not just take from face value what you hear from the podcast, what you see on YouTube, what you read in the book. Like look into these things yourself and take the things that work best for you. No one is a guru. No one is an expert. We're going to start with embracing what makes you unique. And the reason why I love this the most is because I just think my experience has made this one of the easy things for me to do is to like embrace and focus on the things that make me different, the things that make me mean, like I relish in those things. And those are the things that make you special. Those are the things that make you stand out. And usually when people make fun of those things that make you unique and stand out, it's because they are jealous of your freedom. There's usually freedom embedded in whatever that special, unique thing that you have or gift that you have. And when people look at it and they poke at it and make fun of it and they tell you to change that, it is usually because they see freedom in that and they see liberation in that and they want to stomp that out of you. So embrace those things. Those things are popping. Keep them in your i the shit bag. And You know, do it. Accept it. That's you. The next thing is to let go of things you can't control or things you can't change. You can't do anything about it. It's important to not focus on the things you can't change. So I'm not talking about not focusing on systemic problems. I, to be honest, I don't think I, I as an individual can change it, but I do think as a collective we can change the world that we live in. So that is not what I mean and that is not what I'm referring to or talking about. So don't leave here thinking that. But I think it is important to not focus on the things you can't change on your body and you know in your life and just let go. Just let go of those things. Just let go and release those things. I like to I actually suggested this to my homegirl the other day to write down all the things that is like you're angry about right now or these bad feelings you have about a person right now because you can't really change them. The relationship probably is something that's gonna be salvaged but it's like write all those things down on paper burn that paper and release it like just let it go just let it go you cannot change other people that is their journey for them to change and become better people you have no control over someone else becoming a better person treating you better caring about you better you have no control over that so release it don't focus on the things you cannot control usually that abets anxiety and yeah So leave those things alone. And then I'm gonna leave you with the last thing to practice self-acceptance is to identify your strengths So identify whatever those things are. Write down everything you're good at. Every single thing you're good at, write it down. Now, after you write those things down, do those things, do those things often. When you do things that you are good at and enjoy, it boosts your confidence. You feel good about yourself. And that is a way to actively... Practice self acceptance because you're doing something that you do well. And at the end of it, you feel like you know how you feel. You know, you know that feeling. You know that feeling. Ride that feeling. Use that as a tool to practice self acceptance. You cook well, cook often. If you dance well, dance often. If you roller skate well, roller skate often. If you are great at drawing, painting, if you're great at doing hair, if you're great at collaging, If you're great at organizing, if you're great at cleaning, whatever those things are that you're great at and you enjoy doing it, do those things often because you will feel good often. And you are practicing self-acceptance and you're focusing on your strength and you're not even leaving space and time to focus on the things that are your weaknesses or you might fall short of or you're not so great at. So practice those three things. Start with practicing those three things for self-acceptance. I'm going to just repeat them again so you know what those things are. Embrace what makes you unique. Let go of the things that you cannot change and identify your strength and do those things often thank you for joining me today thank you to all the patrons for their financial support you are the ones who keep this going i hope something in this episode sticks with you and it's something that you can use day to day in your process of growth and let me know if you use anything or if you have any other tactics for not tactics, but if you have any other any other self-acceptance things that you do on your day-to-day, I would love to share them to the community as well. Again, thanks for listening and sharing space with me. This was fun. This episode was made possible by our patrons. Thank you. This episode was edited by Candice, sound designed by Candice, and hosted and produced by me. Remember, you are a bad bitch and you are enough. Stay fly, queen.